So two, uh, two, three weeks ago, I had a message that I started as a two-part message. It's not really a series. It's more of like, it's more of like a, a two-part message. It was, I feel it was so filled with stuff and information that I want to give to you that I didn't have the opportunity to finish it all in one night, but I'm going to finish it tonight. Uh, this is called Clean House. Uh, this is a, uh, not the, the typical message that I preach on a Wednesday night, cause I never really got to explain, uh, the spiritual realm. And I never got the opportunity to explain spiritual warfare. So, if you weren't here for part one, let me explain it to you. Um, the theme scripture, which is, again, the theme, the same theme scripture tonight is Matthew 12, 43. Through 45, it says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person who, who it came, who I came from. So it returns to find the former home empty, swept in in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter a person and live there. And the person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Jesus is laying the groundwork of what it looks like in the life that we're living, a part of the spiritual realm, of the spiritual place. So what I'm trying to say from week one, what I talked about from part one, I talked about how even a believer, listen to me, even a believer can be oppressed and can, can not control, but like in a, in a way put to by an evil spirit. And I kind of shocked a couple of people because I could see their faces. And then they were like, uh, are you sure we can be like, cause they, they think it's demon possession, but it's not, it's a lot deeper than that. It's more of a allowing. And if you're not, if you're ignorant of it and ignorance, is not a bad word, it just means you don't know. If you don't know and you don't understand that, then you're not living in an abundant life that Jesus came to give. And I talked about in week one about how, like, how can an evil spirit do these types of things to a believer? It happens with sin, trauma, and allowing thoughts that are not from you or from God to just dwell on your mind. That is what I talked about for part one. And then I gave symptoms. It's a whole list. I don't want to go into it again. It took me 50 minutes last time to do it. So I'm not going to do that. But we're going to get started with part two. And that was the quote that um, that I wrote down from Dr. Henry Malone. He made a book. I think it was what? It was Shadow Boxing is the book. Um, it's an amazing book that a lot of our staff has already read, and, and I got to read it as well. And one of his quotes is, when we live in denial of the spiritual realm, we are not going to experience the powerful and abundant life that Jesus came to give us. The time, a lot of us, I'm going to give y'all grace because some of y'all genuinely do not know. You don't understand it. Maybe you've never been taught it. But the other crazy thing is, is that if you were taught it and you said, that's crazy, I don't really believe in that type of stuff, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because scripture clearly says that the spiritual realm is real and demons are actually really real. They're just as real as God. They're just as real as angels. They're just as real as Jesus. As the same power of Jesus that can overtake us and help us to live a holy life, an abundant life, so can the devil use his power. There's two powers at hand. Obviously, Jesus' power is far greater than the devil's power, but it's now up to us to allow. What are we going to allow in our life that's going to give the devil a foothold? 
If you don't know what a foothold means, it's just Christian lingo for we give the devil a... a if, there's one quote that says, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. You open the door, he moves in. He's mastered that on a lot of us. You open the door, he moves in. So you have to be very, very careful what you allow. And I talked about that in, in, in part one. But for part two, part two is more of the context of what Jesus was talking about. Um, and I've learned this. I've learned this about, about this life that we live as believers. You're, to some, for some of us, we're not living to the full potential of what Jesus wants to give. I'm going to be honest. A lot of us live at a mediocre, and we call it, it's normal. But Jesus has given you things, or he wants to give you things, that are far greater than coming on a Wednesday night. You understand? It's greater than just reading your Bible once a week. It's greater than just going on a Sunday and thinking, I made the list. Is deeper than that. And when you don't understand that it's deeper than that, you're not living the life Jesus wants you to live. And by that fact, you're defeated. But the good news is you can live in freedom. You can live in victory. Because if you're living by what Jesus wants you, if you're allowing on Jesus, then you now have an abundant power that nobody else can carry. You understand? So you have to take it and walk with it and use it to drive out these things. What, like for example, worship. Worship was incredible, by the way. Good job, worship team. That was an amazing, amazing. Did a great job. But I want you to understand something. You know, when you don't worship, you lose. When you don't worship Jesus, you lose. Why? Because worship is warfare. Understand. Worship is warfare. So when you don't worship and you don't praise God, you are actually losing and giving the enemy the battleground in your life. That's what worship's for. Worship is warfare. It's battling the devil with your praise towards the Lord. If you remember this story, I forgot who it was. I, if I, if I, I'm going to butcher it and just, just bear with me. But there's a biblical story where... God told, I, I don't know, I'm guessing, I'm thinking it's Gideon. I'm not sure. But God called them to worship. They laid down their weapons, and they didn't fight the enemy that was coming towards them. They just worshipped. You know what happened to that, to that battle to those enemies? They fought themselves and killed themselves. Killed each other. Why? Because worship is warfare. Worship is the battleground for you to win over the enemy with Jesus and so until you learn to do that, until you learn the essential, we've made it so complicated. We have to tell you, here's a 12-step thing of, of think, think, think. And this is what you have to do. It's very, very simple. The gospel is very simple. I'm an imperfect person that needs the perfect Jesus. And that perfect Jesus died for me, died for you. And now I have, because I've accepted him and I've repented you can believe in Jesus, but never know Jesus. And the way you're going to be able to know Jesus is if you go deeper with him. And the way that you go deeper with him is to repent and surrender. And also humble yourself. Pride is the enemy's biggest blockage for you to experience God. It's the biggest blocking. 
I think it's it's one of the biggest sins that drives because Jesus said, or, or in Scripture it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When I learn to come in humility towards the Lord, I'm setting myself up to see him. Because Jesus did say, blessed are those that are pure at heart, for they shall see God. So if your heart is in the right place, if your, that's why I kept saying your heart posture. If your heart is postured in purity, you will see God, I, I'm telling you. You will see the Lord. Because if you have your heart in the right place and your heart in the right posture, you'll be able to see him, experience him in a way. I'm not saying it's going to be some type of weird experience every time. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is that you have an appointment every day to meet with him because he wants to meet with you that much. He wants to meet with you every day. And if you would learn to walk in this, catch this verse. Go back to verse 44. I mentioned this in part one. I will return to the person I came from. So when it returns, it return, it finds the former home empty, swept, and in order. Here's the biggest issue. Everything about this is great. It's empty, swept, and in order. But here's the biggest, the biggest issue. It was empty. It was empty. There was nothing in there. So when the demon saw that, it sent seven more with him, far worse than him. And then that person was worse off than before. What that tells you is that if I'm not filling my house daily with the Lord, I am an empty house for a thief to walk in. I am an empty place for a thief to easily, like I talked about this in part one, you need a security system. You need, you need cameras on your house. You following me? I'm making it very simple. You need cameras in your house. You need a system to where when the thief walks in, it beeps, and then he runs the other way. It's the same thing with an evil spirit. Until you get to that point where you start to be aware and you keep that door shut from the enemy, then you live in defeat and you're more, you're more worse off than before. Hope you all understand. Let's talk about verse 43. I'm going to go through all three verses and give you the context of what Jesus was talking about. Jesus now describes what happens to a demon who leaves a person without being sent to the abyss or pit to await God's judgment. Jesus has mentioned exorcisms before, like casting out demons and all that stuff being performed, or at least claimed by some Pharisees. It could be that those attempts were ineffective in sending the demon away for good. This verse doesn't say the demon is cast out, but um, the main context of the chapter is, is that it left. It was gone. So because it wasn't automatically cast out and it was just an empty house, it could easily come back, but not by itself. I want you to understand something. I want you to understand, if you don't learn to fill your house with the things of the Lord, I'm not, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about an actual house. I'm not talking about an actual building. I'm talking about you, your house, the place that is your temple. That's what needs to be filled. This rain is aggravating me. It's really aggravating Versus my microphone announced this. Great. In either case, the demon 
away from its victim, wandering and looking for somewhere to rest. Demons get tired. I want you to understand something. I've seen a demon cast out of a, out of a person before. I've seen it many times, but I, but there was this one time, and I could tell they get tired. They get exhausted. It is so loud. Oh my gosh. Here's what I want you to understand. I want you to listen to me very carefully, even through the rain, if you can. Let me just put it up to my mouth. <laughs> this is what I want you to learn. This is what I want you to learn. I want you to learn to fill your house. I want you to learn to fill your house. Because until you learn to do that with the right stuff, I'm talking about fully surrendering to the Lord, offering him your life, and living for him. Because God can't, God can't come into an empty house if you're only giving a piece of your house to him. You understand? You can't have a piece of Jesus when what he really wants is everything. He wants everything. He wants everything. I'm trying to follow my notes. There was an also a possibility that the demon's eagerness to find a new host is compared to the thirsty person searching through the desert. In either case, the demon was looking for rest by hunting for another human to occupy. Oh yeah, back to the casting out demons that I've seen. So one of them I've seen, it gets really exhausted. And the reason why is because demons in front of the Lord freak out. They freak out in front of the Lord. And I want you to understand something. Until, until you start seeing that light in your own life. What I'm saying is, all that rambling to say. What I'm saying is, is that a believer that has an empty house can be corrupted by evil things. I don't care how Christian you are. There is a place where the evil spirits can dwell if your house is not filled with the spirit. If it's not filled with the spirit, it doesn't work. Verse 44. I want to read verse 44. Then it says, I return to the home. The person came, the person where I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Jesus used the analogy of leaving the human occupant only to eventually return. The analogy shows that what will happen to Israel if this generation does not repent for its unbelief and that he is the Messiah. So that's where repentance comes from. That's where repentance comes in. If you don't repent and if you don't turn to the Lord, and if you don't turn to, the, to him and turn away from your ways, evil spirits can dwell. Evil spirits can take place. In part one, when I talked about the symptoms, a lot of people, here's what happens. This is, this is, what, this is, what, this is what we do when we don't understand something. We judge it. We take pride of not knowing what it is, and it's probably fake. And then thirdly, we dismiss it, and we say, no, that's fine. That's normal. That's not Some of the symptoms, and you need to listen to part one. I'm not going through it again, but if you haven't heard part one, I want you to go back and listen to it. I'm telling you, these symptoms that people have, and even some of us in this room, 
have these symptoms and we don't even know it. We don't even understand it. And until you get to that point to understand the spiritual realm and to understand the symptoms of a demonic oppression, you know, so, you know, I've met people that read their Bible, but they get tortured in the mind. I've seen people worship God with all their heart and they are just tormented. How can that be? How can I worship God and be tormented by a demon? Here's the deal. Because you haven't identified it and you have not cast it out. You understand? You have not allowed the Lord to cast it out and then be replaced with that. So I want to give you that fair warning. I'm just telling you, this is not some type of like I'm, I'm telling you this is, but I'm warning you that your life could be far greater. Here's my question. Don't you want to be happy again? Don't you want to be joyful again and not live in a place of total defeat every single day, every single moment of your life? Because that Christian label doesn't help with the torture that you live in. I'm being honest. It's not a label, it's the heart. Your heart needs to be towards the Lord. And until it gets to that point, you will live in a place with evil spirits, with a demonic oppression that will torture you. It's tortured me. And it wasn't to the point where I said, enough. You got to get to the point where you say, enough. I'm sick of this. I refuse it. It's the same scripture that talks about in 2 Corinthians where it talks about casting every high and lofty thought that exalts itself above the obedience of Jesus and you cast it down. I was watching a message the other day and the pastor was saying that the word cast down is a violent verb. It's a violent act. Casting down is not just, oh, you target it. You, you put it in your crosshairs. You understand? You put that thought and you say, no. I will not have that in my mind. I will not have that in my body. Y- y'all following me? You understand? I want you to understand something. If there's thoughts... Some of you in here have thoughts that are not not just from God. They're not from God, but they are totally not from you. Those thoughts, you need to refuse. You need to refuse them. See, we make things so complicated. We make things so complicated. I got to do this, take this, grab this, hand this to be better. No, Jesus said, you see that thought, you say No and you replace it with the Word of God. It's that simple. People complicate and they say, well, I have to do this, this, and that. No, no, it's very simple. You see that thought, you see it in the crosshair, you cast it down, and you replace it with truth. It's that simple. And until you reach that simplicity, you're living in a, in a, in a, in a religiosity. If, you, if you're looking for other ways instead of seeing the thought, casting it down, then replacing it with truth, then you're living in a religious mindset. You're looking for other things than what God already spoke in His Word. You understand? You're looking for other things. 
the one thing that I think about that I was I was watching this the other day, how how Jesus like Jesus gave his disciples like new names when they came to him. Because when you come to Jesus, you actually get a new identity. You actually get a new name. And it's his view of you. Like, like I've, I've been learning a lot about strongholds. You ready for this? A stronghold is a castle. It's a place where the enemy or the Holy Spirit can create a tower in your heart, in your spirit. And how a stronghold by the enemy is formed is by meditating on a lie and accepting it and tolerating it and believing in it. And that's where mental health comes in. And that's where your illness comes in. I'm not saying that all of the things in your life you have asked for but there are some things that we have said, okay, come in, have my mind, have it. You don't say it literally, but you act like it. You act like it. And the Lord is teaching us an easy way on how to renew the mind. You say no, and you replace it with the word. You replace it with the word. All you, you, you're dealing with, with lust. Psalm 101, I will reject perverse ideas. I will not look at anything vile and vulgar. That's Psalm 101. That's what David said. He said, I will reject perverse ideas. Okay, it comes back. Use the verse again. Use it till the cows come home. You got to continue to use that until he leaves. Because as you continue to use the word against the enemy, it wearies him. It wearies him. In the moment that you start that you start to weary him through the Holy Spirit, through the Word, here's what we don't do. We don't say no enough. You just let anything flow through your mind. You let any perversion, any type of any type of evil thought that's not for you or for the Lord or in His Word. You just allow, you tolerate that. You tolerate that. And here's what happens. I'm telling you, this is what happens in your life. You feel like a hypocrite. Because your mind is in one place, but you're trying to act another. You have to learn to renew your mind toward the Lord. You understand? Until you get to that point, evil spirits will roam around you because spiritual warfare is 24-7. It's not, it's not every certain moments of the day. It's a constant thing. It's happening right now where we're at. Me, listen, I'm telling you, you can ask my team this. Every time after service, I zone out. I literally zone out. Like we would go eat and, and whatever. And even my wife would notice it. I'm just like looking at the table, just exhausted, just tired from preaching. And I've learned something about that, even for worship. When you're doing something like this, it's warfare. What I'm doing right now is I'm not just giving you a cute pep talk on how to live for Jesus. I'm telling you how to defeat the enemy. I'm showing you how to defeat the devil and his schemes over your life. 
And you know what that does? You know what that sees? You know what happens? Hell recognizes that. Hell sees that. And they listen. Did you know when you, well, like when you share the gospel with someone or when you're sharing Jesus with someone, you know heaven and hell are listening as you do it? Because the moment that you start doing something for the Lord, the demons are nervous. They're scared. Because the moment you start truly living for the Lord and you start truly doing things unto Him, not what you want to do, but what the Lord deems pleasing in His sight, demons shake. So you have to learn to fight that. You have to learn to live and walk in a freedom. Last week I gave symptoms. And all that I kind of explained as much as I could about that last week. But the Lord is just stirring in me. Some of you in this room have heavy, deep thoughts that you cannot shake. You have quoted Scripture. You have called on Jesus and nothing has happened. Why? Not because Jesus' name is not powerless. It's because you're powerless without the Spirit of the Lord. And the Lord wants to break that tonight. I'm not talking about next week. I'm not talking about next Sunday. I'm talking about tonight. The Lord wants to break you free of certain things that has been haunting you and scaring you for a long time. Breakthrough happens when your heart is expecting God to do something. Not in a place of pride, but in a place of humility. Like, Lord, set me free. Set me free. And that's how you clean the house. How do you clean the house? You identify the devils that try to get into your house. You cast it down. You cast it out and say, no, I refuse it in the name of the Lord. I'm redeemed by Jesus. I don't tolerate this no more. And once you do that, now you're replacing it with truth. You now have a clean house. You now have a strong tower. But some of us can't get there by ourselves. Some of us need prayer for that. Some of us need redemption for that. And the only way that can happen is through the blood of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give us this opportunity. We're somewhat on time. Turn the lights. Turn the lights down. There we go. I want you to focus. Focus on the Lord right now. Focus on Jesus. I want to take a quick opportunity. Some of you in this room have thoughts that you have allowed tolerated by the enemy and now it's a stronghold in your life and you can't shake it and you need you need prayer for that you need prayer for that 
I want to, on, on behalf of being your youth pastor, being a pastor in your life, you need to stop tolerating the enemy. You need to stop tolerating his schemes. He does not like you. He does not care about you. He wants nothing but for you to die. But by the blood of the Lord, by Jesus, you need to live. If that's you, and you've been allowing thoughts in your life to corrupt you, and there's no shame in this, listen, I have had corrupted thoughts for a long time, and it wasn't until I went to the altar, I put my heart at the altar, and I said, Lord, set me free from this. Lord, I refuse this. I'm done with this. I've had enough with this. Until you get to the point of saying no, then it's over. If that's you, and you've been tolerating the enemy's strongholds, I want you to raise your hand. I see your hand. I see another hand. Two more. I see your hand. Lift it a little bit higher. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. You've been tolerating the enemy for too long. Way too long. Here's what I want you to do. If you've raised your hand, I want you to come up and kneel at the front right here with me. Come up to the front. Come up to the front. Kneel on the ground. 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 The Lord is here. The Lord is here. Kneel on the ground. Kneel on the ground. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Lord, I command every thought, every thought, every thought, we cast it, we take captivity of these thoughts. I come in agreement with my brothers and sisters, and Lord, set them free from these thoughts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Set them free. Teach them to refuse the enemy's lies. Lord, teach them to refuse the enemy's scheme. Teach them to refuse the devil's lies for he is the father of lies and Lord you are the ultimate truth that brings grace that brings grace that brings grace y'all stay right here stay right here there's at least one or two more people that needs to come down here. One or two more people. There's somebody in this room that needs to lay their heart down and the devil has been tormenting you. There's somebody in this room. If you don't, I'm not, I'm not, there's no judgment. But if that's you, I want you to come down. And if you don't come down, the Lord can still meet you. If it's more, that's the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Jesus. Lord, we refuse. We refuse the enemy's lies. We refuse the enemy's tactic. We refuse the stronghold, the stronghold that the enemy has been given to children of the Lord, children of the Most High. We cast every thought out in Jesus' name. Every thought out in Jesus' name. Clear their minds, for it is not who they are, and it's not who you are, Lord. It, are, it is things that has blocked your love and mercy over them. Your love and mercy over them. And that, Lord, you are the Redeemer. You are the Redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless you, Lord, for this. Lord, that you have a heart for every single person at the altar right now. Every single person at the altar right now. Those right here at the altar, just surrender to the Lord right now. Just surrender to the Lord. surrender to him right now just surrender to the Lord all you have to do is surrender you don't have to do things you don't have to try things to get God's attention the spirit is already here and if your heart is postured towards him he will meet you where you're at just surrender right now that's all you have to do you don't have to do anything crazy you don't have to do anything weird surrender your heart towards him. Yes, Lord. We surrender right now. We surrender right now. Lord, we've been allowing the enemy. We've been tolerating his the thoughts he has put on our minds. And Lord, tonight is the night that we say no. No. In your own, in your, in your moment, the people at the altar, just take a moment, just tell the devil, no, I'm not receiving that. I refuse this. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I refuse, and now I replace it with truth. If you at least know one scripture, you don't need to know 20. Maybe just one in the situation you're in. And call, call that out. I refuse, I refuse this, I refuse this, I say no, don't tolerate that devil anymore, don't tolerate that demon anymore. with you.
it with you. Fill it with you. The Lord is just prompting me to tell all, everyone at the altar right here that you need to now fill your house. It wasn't that deep to say. You just need to fill your house. Your temple is a precious place for the Lord to dwell. Let the Lord fill you. You're just asking the Lord, Lord, fill me. Your heart is in the place of being postured, the heart posture. Just asking the Lord, come and dwell in my house. Lord, come and dwell in my temple, in my body, in my soul. I refuse any demonic thing that tries to stop or destroy or torment my temple. For Lord, it is yours. Surrender that to him right now. That's all you got to do. Surrender that to the Lord. Surrender that to him. Lord, I surrender my house and fill it with you. It's swept in an order, but I will not leave it empty. We'll stay full. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, we praise you for what you have spoken to us, and we're grateful. Amen.